0: An action VSC and red flag-packed inaugural Saudi Arabian Grand Prix with a victory for Lewis Hamilton, meaning he and Max Verstappen go into the last race of the season at Yas Queen Marina on equal points. And Daniel Ricciardo goes from P11 to P5. G'day there, my name is James Baldwin and welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. In this episode, we review the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. And I'm joined, as always, by my friends and yours. It's Tommy T. G'day, mate. G'day. How you doing? Good. Isolating in your bedroom like the good boy that you are. And Camp Meister, how are you, my friend?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I'm (laughs) I'm very good this morning, lads. But, jeez, what an absolute shambolic Grand Prix that was.
0: Yeah, that was no good. Every
1: way we look at it, jeez, it's what we want to see as fans. It threw everything up, but I was getting angry angry i think i swore uh, a few times on the discord so i do (laughs) apologize to uh you guys
0: uh. (laughs) for that a massive shout out to the discord server and those people uh specifically on this side of the country that uh, stayed up with us or sorry got up i should say to to watch this and those on the west that potentially almost went to bed but didn't stay up for the full race well done (laughs) To you And look, a massive thank you to you for listening to this podcast. Of course, we do a pre-drinks or a qualifying review episode as well. If you haven't listened to that yet, you can jump back across and listen to that right now. Tommy T putting on his tinfoil hat (laughs) uh, in respect to Campy as always. But before we get into talking about the Grand Prix, lads, we have a couple of reviews that would have been left on Apple Podcasts. A massive shout out to you uh, as well if you've done this in the past. But we'll start with Turbo's making me smile from australia uh they say best f1 podcast easy easily the best show they don't just talk about max and lewis although we'll probably talk a lot about that at
2: moment <laughs>
1: yeah, we get the complete sorry.
0: grid rundown great opinions great knowledge and always a good laugh to listen to haven't missed an episode And following up with the MotoGP podcast is next level. In their downtime between races, they're punching out. an Old race review definitely keeps me entertained and drives home after the Arvo shift. Thank you so much for that. It's a very well-considered and written review. Appreciate it. Uh, And also to Graham from the UK. Who says, uh, don't normally leave reviews but feel like I had to for this one. You guys are great. The podcast helps me survive work shifts and regularly get workmates looking at me like I'm weird because I'm randomly bursting out laughing. Keep up the good work and thank you. Well, look, thank you, Graham. And seriously, this is fantastic. We've just hit... Uh, overnight, eighty thousand downloads for the podcast, uh, which is fantastic. Honestly, we are we are so stoked to be doing this. But let's launch into our normal race review, and we start with Tommy T's television broadcast review. Oh, oh,
2: oh. Tommy T's. Well, we had enough red flags, so I managed to actually go back and watch some of the (laughs) Uh, pre-race this time. Usually I'll wake up five minutes to go literally watch a formation lap and then we kick off. Why am I mucking around? Yeah, fair enough too. We had enough downtime, didn't we? So I went back and not much, to be honest. There was... (laughs) A bit of a, it looked like kind of the local kind of dads from the high school in an orchestra is what I kind of could assume, hanging out, playing the anthem together. Uh, No singing, (laughs) just a bunch of kind of middle-aged dudes playing their instruments. And then we just had a light show going off. It looked like. All they spent their money on was just lights and lasers and money screens (laughs) and drones and stuff flying around. (laughs) I mean, it is a night race, so in their defense, fair enough. But
1: it looked spectacular.
2: Did it? Oh, Uh, man. Did it? Did (laughs) it? Did it? it.
1: Mate, redneck <laughs> like me. You're seeing me on. Yes. I'm like, whoa, that's <laughs> fancy. The <laughs> so light shows dead I was, ex- was stoked. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Do you
0: know? And also, those, those drones with the countdown to the race. The last time that Campy really enjoyed watching that was uh, when Biden was uh, had accepted his presidency, and it was <laughs> flying over him Ah,
1: <laughs> uh, good one. That, <laughs> that fell on deaf ears. That one, Jim. <laughs> As if uh, I would have watched Biden's inauguration.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were there, were you? Why would you need to watch? Yeah, yeah.
2: You were, <laughs> 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 you were broadcasting oh. live for Alan Jones.
0: Um, this is. Uh, let's talk about what actually happened, though. In the commentary, uh, I've had a couple of people already message me, Tommy T, asking when we do, when we're going to be doing the commentary. The answer is never. Uh, <laughs> I think Dang. at this point. Um, unless something like Channel 31 get the rights to uh, <laughs> F1 here in Australia and they need <laughs> to go full El Cheap-o. Student radio, yeah. <laughs> <three> <laughs> uh, but one of the, look, Jess, Jess was messaging me just before uh, and she said, and this was an interesting point as well, when uh, the race engineer for Mac said, oh, um, I didn't think you needed to do that Max, but that's okay. Both uh, Crofty and Martin jumped on that. Yes, of course, You're talking about him, you know, breaking in the middle of the track when it wasn't the case at all, it was talking about giving that place to Hamilton. <laughs> um, you know, the British buyers we speak about very often here. Uh, I actually thought the commentary was pretty good up until all of the nonsense that started going on. Uh, and then, I don't know, it, it sort of felt a little bit, I mean, they're obviously struggling for something to talk about. They're very, really yeah. tired boys. But uh, over, until that point, it was pretty good. Uh, we had a lot of throwing to random people, though, Tommy T. It feel, felt like that maybe they had to uh, have a red flag in the commentary box at one point because yeah. suddenly Damon Hill uh, and Ann Davidson were commentating the race. Shut it.
2: We don't need any more Damon Hill. That guy's useless. To be <laughs> he's just, he's had his day. Oh, just.
0: yes. I remember when I was lining up on the grid uh, in the FW07, and it was very interesting watching them start. like, there was absolutely nothing with what we're talking about. He
2: is a candidate that needs to drive off into the summer and never come back, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs>
1: very good. Very good. Oh, this morning, TT. Very
2: good. Uh, no, it was. I, I obviously. I feel like I'm the Max stan on this in this podcast and I felt a bit attacked. I was like, geez, Max can't win anything here, can he? Like everything Mm. was kind of like with a grain of Max is the bad guy and Lewis is the hero. But, I mean, I'm kind of used to that kind of bias in what we're hearing with the broadcast that we get anyway. But then I was trying trying to consider it and I was like, to be honest, like he didn't really do much wrong. He was just being like regular Max. There was a lot of things that... Mercedes was doing, Lewis in particular was doing, bunching up the pack, all those kind of things. And I think it was just an absolute mess. And they just kind of needed to kind of phrase it as a mess rather than trying to assign blame to each of the things. Yeah, Um, yeah. And that's kind of where they went wrong, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that's really well put. I mean, Campy overall, it it was, you know, the villain is Max Verstappen. Of course, we go into the next race at Yas Queen Marina, as I said, on equal points, which is exactly what we wanted, right? Like this is... Last lap, you know, the last kind of lunge, we'll see what happens. The, the yep. championship will be decided then. But from a commentary point of view, you, you they really just ignored the blaringly obvious stuff like Bottas, for example. You know, the, the, the very clear, like obviously just going completely against yeah. what is acceptable yeah. just to back up. You know, to do that double stack. And in recent history, we've seen teams be penalised for doing that. I think Red Bull in, uh, last year or the year before got penalised for doing exactly that. So yep. it seems to be very one-sided. I mean, you know, one way or another, it's it's good because we're equal points. But from your point of view, Campy, overall, from a broadcast perspective, are we still too leaning too heavily to the right?
1: Uh, I don't think you can go <laughs> right and be on the wrong side of it. Put it that way. <laughs> Oh, Oh, look, I – yeah, I'm not – look, I don't like the British bias. I hate that. I'll stand there. But I think that they're trying to get it right at the moment. And, uh, I mean, there's there's bias in everything, right? So, look, I think they were pretty kind to Max. I mean, I think Brundle's comments around Max that he needs to tidy up his driving style is the correct comment. I – I I I question the way that he goes about it sometimes. It's not yeah. dirty and it's not running into people, but just, I mean, he never had that cornering off the restart to Lewis and <laughs> went wide and then cut him off. I was just like, Max, it's... Dumb. Why would you do that? I mean, I understand his car's not as quick and he needs to do absolutely everything possible, but uh, yeah. I think Max does need to tidy up some of the stuff because Lewis isn't doing those things at the moment. Lewis is doing cheeky things like uh, under a virtual safety car or the botass incident that you're referring to, James, where he's backing up the pack a bit. They're the things that you can get away with. Like mm. They're the things in the rules that are open to interpretation when they're not at racing speeds. And But when these guys are racing at speed and going into corners and first corners. That's when Max is doing the wrong thing and Mercedes seemed to be on the right side of it at the moment. So I think you can I think you can attribute the blame with that framework in mind. You know, Mercedes mm. are being cheeky when they can be cheeky uh, under the yeah. interpretation. It's a bit like in a rugby scrum in the in the breakdown. It's open to interpretation. Depending on what referee you get, he'll adjudicate it one way or another. So uh, I think that's where I think that's where Mercedes are winning at the moment. I just don't know battle. if
2: Max has gamesmanship. I think he's just raw. I don't think he thinks yeah, about know. these things and tries to be crafty and stuff. Whereas Lewis is you love him for kind him of, it too. Max is just raw, isn't he? He's just like he's like this is how it is. He's like you could you could see his driving was pissed off, and that's what mm. he drove like. Like that was it was no surprise that he was going to run straight through that corner and do a full Alonso and just go off the track to get in front. Um, well, before
0: before we yeah. continue talking about this, let's give a, a quick score to the broadcast review and we'll, we'll move on. Tommy T, what's your out of 10 review score? I mean, the, score? the race
2: was good, but the broadcast was average. So does that balance out to like a six? So I'm putting on a, <laughs> a
1: protest. That light show was exceptional. You so. are off your head. This is not the Grateful <laughs> Dead, mate. You can't just smoke a dude
2: and just say it's all good. <laughs> This is F1.
0: We do not (laughs) want that here. All right, 6 out of 10. Um, Jess said 0 out of 10, so maybe we'll just take a a median of that. The race Um, was good enough to
2: bring it back, I think.
0: (laughs) All right, fair enough. Let's talk about Formula 2 before we get... Two into the Max v. Lewis debacle. How do uh, we even Campy, know? We
2: didn't wake up that early, did we, James? Yeah,
0: no, no. Normal people didn't wake up that early, but Campy, who uh, doesn't ever sleep, it seems, uh, <laughs> he just <laughs> enters hibernation once a year and that's when Formula 1's not on and if the rest of the year he wakes up <laughs> all the time to be able to watch it. Uh, Campy, now, look, we, we had a bit of a conversation around the safety of the circuit. Um, And there was, and when we spoke to Josh Revel as well, we had a bit of a a chat about, you know, the potential danger that Formula 2 could have around this track. It wasn't actually a track-specific incident that happened though,
1: but take us through what happened. Oh, look, we uh, just had a few crashes and uh, red flags came out straight away. Uh, Two laps in, I believe. Um, And then to, to fix the damage, they took a long time. Uh, to fix it, race finally restarted, and uh, we had another incident, another red flag straight away, so uh, we didn't get any racing for that feature race, really, other than the first lap and a bit. Well, it wasn't even a lap. It was more half of a lap before the red flag came out, so, uh, yeah, look, it was a bit of a reflection of the two starts that we had um, in the F1 race, yeah. Two red flags, um, half points awarded. Oscar Piastri got 13 and a half, so he just extended his lead. Uh, He was on pole, so, I mean, that kid, as an Australian, looking forward, I'll tell you what, talk about an ice man, cool, calm, and collected. Mm -hmm. He doesn't seem to have – we spoke about this with Josh Revel, too. He doesn't seem to have that outright – blistering pace that's you know three tenths four tenths quicker than everyone else but this kid is so consistent he's like an alain Prost, where he just nurses the car but he always gets results he's never in he, he, the difference between his worst and his best is very small and uh he's putting his car in all the right positions i mean coming in hasn't been hasn't been racing or driving for however long it's been, about what three months since the last F two race, uh, leading the championship. Oh, All that, that pressure for these young guys can build up over time, but for him to come and put it out on pole straight away and take a win in the uh, in the first feature race, uh, the second feature, uh, second sprint race, sorry, and uh, get the result in the uh, in the feature race, albeit we didn't do much racing, uh, just. Just speaks to the guy's composure and, and the way that he treats the car. And I, I th- you know, with one race to go, I think he's sixty odd points in front now, fifty four or something. So he'll, uh, he'll walk away with that championship. That's firmly in his bag. I think, I, I think Schwartzman's the only one that can win it if he wins all three races, which is damn um, near likely. impossible. Mm. So, uh, look, uh, all credit to Oscar We're stoked. So we'll wait one more week to celebrate for him, but um. Yeah, this track's interesting. I think I think we're going to, the the FIA and F one are going to firmly look at the way this track raced this weekend and make some decisions on it moving forward. So mm.
0: and was, we have to also mention uh, the accident with Porcher and Fittipaldi too. Uh, yeah, you know, Porcher stalled. It seemed off the line. Yep. <clears throat> had an issue getting away, and Fittipaldi just collected him. It was a massive, massive bang. Uh, there's a video of someone who was in the uh, stands who filmed it on, on Twitter. Uh, well worth going and checking it out just to see the how fast that it was. It an incredible high G collision. But luckily, by all accounts, they're both okay. As I said, it's not a track-specific accident, that one. That was just uh, yep. a starting incident. But uh, look, good for Oscar, as you say. Uh, happy to see that. Be good for him to walk away with that F2 championship like he did with F three. All right. Well, let's mm. get into talking about this Grand Prix from a Formula One point well, of view. Before we go, go through, can team we skip? By team. Ask.
1: Can we skip? Before we go through team by team, <laughs> by team, let's talk about Sorry. the uh,
0: the some overall talking points. I want your uh, now your opinions of the track from a racing point of view. We've had your qualifying point of view yesterday, Tommy T. Let's start with you. What did you think overall as a racing circuit?
2: I like it for the racing. I think it's just. They've got to do something about when someone goes off track because it's inevitable. Which is more runoffs, which is possible. I still think because of the way it's built, I think feel like runoffs are possible to be built into this. Like we've got way more runoffs at places like Baku and things. So I don't know why that's not possible, but I think that's the problem. It's the retrieval of cars. It's those kind of things, and the virtual safety car is just useless. Get a real safety yeah. car out right there. To be honest, like. This kind of 40% thing and you've got to keep to a delta and stuff. We saw like Max creeping like or Max uh, being caught up by Lewis, all those kind of things. It's just really hard to manage and no one really understands what's going on yeah. and what is 40% of like what your pace would be. It's really confusing. So get a car out there. I, I know it slows it down and you've got to bring the car back in, but at least we know that consistency and then you get a restart, not just this ready, set, go. And all of a sudden, depending on where you are on the track, you're just live again. And I think that's just Mm -hmm. really unfair in comparison to the race leader getting to decide. And that comes back into that skill and we get really interesting things off safety car restarts. So that's that's my thoughts initially
0: and campy i mean the the vscs that we had was to clear debris and it just took forever for debris to be cleared away surely if you parked behind a real safety car if bert is there slowing people down and going you know follow me on this line then the marshals are able to safely operate on track even if cars are passing them that seemed to be the big issue is just like one i mean big praise to whoever whichever marshal it was who i think got a big part of uh, seb's car and just like was part of the 100-meter hurdles for Saudi Arabia must have been the team because he just, like, managed to yeet himself into the escape hatch and did a very good job. But surely that's a better idea is just getting that real safety car out and do it in one or two laps rather than waiting (sighs) four or five laps.
1: Oh, look, the problem is, is you're bringing the virtual safety cars out so that they, um, you know, to clean the tract of a debris. A decade ago, if a car broke down, we just used to leave it right where it parked, you know, and to stop a race like that four times in like, you know, 10 laps after we've just had a, uh, a safety car. For me to watch, it was just frustrating. Anyway, the track for me is very raceable. I don't think the drivers had the right mentality for the track. They need to, If this track needs to work, they need to make it and they need to go in with a mentality like it's a Monaco. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's just going to be too dangerous and we're going to continue to have the same issues that we have. That when there is an incident, the uh, – <clears throat> the percentage of more incidents happening because of the design of the track, because of somebody crashing, uh, just goes up exponentially. So uh, I think they need to look at it, but I think the drivers need to get yeah, – I think they need to change their mindset to the way they approach this track. I mean, that Kimi and V Vettel incident was just like, like – it just mm. didn't need to happen. The positions of the car was – I could see why Kimi was doing what he was doing, but if he had a mentality like it was Monaco and, you know, Seb had given him some room, because I think Seb should have given him a bit more room too. I just think that, you know, I mean, just a bit of a change of mentality and, you know, bigger picture in mind. But, hey, try telling that to 20 guys who <laughs> are the most <laughs> competitive luck. people in the uh, on the face of the planet. And, I think
2: it's hard because yeah, the speed drivers. of this track as well though, right? Because this is the second yeah. fastest track. Monaco is very slow in comparison as well, so you're already in a different yeah. mindset, I think as well. But you're right; yeah. like they do need to consider the the peril of like trying those moves here in comparison, because you wouldn't do it at Monaco. You wouldn't throw things up the inside as carelessly as you were here. Yeah,
0: I think for next year the racing will be much better. It's as I said uh, in the pre-drinks podcast. It's it's like that Azerbaijan. First time around, didn't really know what the track was like. Uh, next year, at least they've got some data. Although all mm. new cars, and uh, yeah. yes, it's it's funny. it's That'll funny to think slower, that we're going too. into the final week of a weekend of this era of turbo hybrid <laughs> F one car. You know, we look back in. All of these different eras of cars and go. Oh, that was great, or this was great. Uh, maybe in ten years' time, we'll be looking back at this and going, "Geez, I mean, what a what an era that was." Anyway, it's just a, a thought bubble Definitely that we're on. Not. That Mercedes exactly. will not. be. Oh, I was going to say, Merck <laughs> will be. You know, they'll be parading around like the Red Bulls are paraded around from the uh, the Vettel winning era. Uh, look, I know you don't want to talk about Haas, but let's go through team by team because it's worth mentioning uh, Haas first. Because they, uh, well, two of the reason, well, what, the first reason is Mick Schumacher going off. Um, Was looked like a pretty big shunt. Didn't really look like much had happened to the car except the rear just went and into the barriers he went. Uh, Luckily, he took his hand off the steering wheel because it was a big shunt. Um, Good, though, of course, got out, was back in the pit lane whilst the red flag was was operating. That kind of caused the uh, waterfall effect of what ended up happening for this tale of the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Let's talk about the first red flag period. Uh, because safety car was deployed first, of course. Uh, and everyone pretty much went into the pits except for DR um and Max correct Which was was the correct decision staying out, of course. And yeah. for DR, it was good because of obviously he was on the, that hard set of tires starting and that free tire choice in eleventh position. He had listen a cracking start as well. Uh yeah, he did listen, he listened to us. It's nice, it's a good change. Uh, but for that red flag period, though, and it was brought up again, so I'll, I'll ask you the question now. Thoughts on being able to, t- to change tyres in a red flag period? Do we really care that much one way or another? Yes or no, Campy?
1: I thought we had this discussion three years ago and they changed the rules that you can't do it because there was some things that happened on track where people gained advantage. I get that it's motorsport. The problem i got is we had five laps of the yellow before they called the red, which to me – the mentality in the F two race was if there was an incident, automatic red flag. Especially mm. in that turn, we saw many, many hits into that turn, uh, that that particular, uh, that particular spot. And the, I mean that the, that crypto side note that crypto uh, whatever it was advertising got the best bang for the buck than any other spot <laughs> on the that. racetrack this week. Yeah. <laughs> <Quite> literally. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you can see what I did there. Definitely, <laughs> um, <Unfortunately>, yeah. <laughs> but the mentality was call a red straight away. So if you call a red straight away, it negates it. The thing I don't like is that they were just slow to make the decision, you know, five mm. laps and then the red. I think um, I'm not unhappy that Max, you know, got lucky in that situation. That is motorsport and these things happen. Um, I think it's the things that are – I mean, the decision frustrated me that it took so long to make it. Um, I mean, those they're like a skeleton, those things. They're like a snake when you hit them. That's the way they're designed to work, that they fold in on each other and you can't keep it going. So, um, I mean, a little puncture in that and a bit of water coming out of it. I mean, give me a break. It's not that bad. So, I mean – I think it, I think the decision was a bit over the top, but hey, it's motorsport and these things happen. It's the uh, my issue was is with the preceding issues that happened in the race. So.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about them then, Tommy T, because we uh, the the red flag comes out. Of course, we have another standing start. I'm not mm. unhappy about that. I always as many starts as possible is a good thing. So yeah. long as it's only one. Yeah, <laughs> normally yeah, right. one, three. Yeah. But, uh, but I think it's better than a safety car rolling start. It's it's unnecessary yeah, when so. it, you know the weather is absolutely fine. There's well, nothing on track. It's, so so
2: quickly on that, this this mm. just sums up the FIA and the insanity that is the FIA and all the management and rules and regulations, is that you must maintain. 10 car links on a formation lap, but when we're coming out of a red card, a uh, red card, uh, red uh, car. a red flag, it is not a formation lap. It is a safety car grid restart and that rule doesn't apply. Why would that not be just a blanket rule for anything? Entering a grid start is the same regulations. Why is that something that is even brought into a possibility, and this is the inconsistencies that frustrate us. Why is the white line not the edge of the track every single time? Why is it not the same every time? Because Max is going, why is he more than 10 car places? And apparently he's Mm. allowed to do that now because it's not technically this. this. This is the insanity that drives us mental because even the drivers are understanding they're literally paid millions of dollars to know what's going on and exploit every rule, and they still don't know what's going on. How the hell are we supposed to know? And that just doesn't yeah, seem got- fair and sporting to us is that Max is now sitting there with cooked, cooked tyres and brakes and waiting and then you wonder why your start isn't good. So th- these are the things that we just constantly go, well, it's not fair for everyone because you're just picking and choosing and deciding rules on the fly, it seems, but just because the regulations are just such a mess
1: in saying that though max gets to dictate the pace and how he wants to do it however and that can compromise people behind so for sure And I, I, there's got to be a reason for that rule why it doesn't come under the same rules as the formation lap and they're not going to clarify that to us why but like nah. i mean let's not let's not get shitty about 10 car places because i mean if you were to be really police that i mean Every driver on every racetrack at every week <laughs> Grand Prix weekend that would happen because you get guys braking so that they get that gap and then they can accelerate to do their little half burnout and taken off on the back straight somewhere. So, I mean, it happens every time if you could police that ten place. I think it's just in there, in there as a bit of a died at times where they'd never really police it anyway. So
0: well, I think the, I mean the interesting point, Tommy T, to though, is that it, the fact that we've now got access as a fan to the FIA radio, it just yes. highlights it even more. It, it, yeah. I think that's that's probably the bigger issue. The stewards didn't seem to be all that involved this weekend. Uh, Michael Massey really taking uh, the lead, which I'm not totally unhappy with, to be honest. Like, if you've nope. got to do it, do it. Um, you know, the the yep. interaction. I mean, it was a little. Unclear around uh, the the second safety car, re- sorry, red flag restart, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But again, it's interesting having that kind of communication because you're right, Tommy T. That sort of oh well, it's ten places. He wasn't keeping ten places, and oh, it doesn't matter. It's kind of you know what it's happened. Like, ugh, like, oh, yeah, I'll move on with my life then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, but so for for Schumacher, that obviously caused that. Uh, then let's talk about the the second start because it was. I mean, interesting, uh, and I feel for Perez here a little bit, but, uh, of course, the big incident that happened out of the second corner was uh, Leclerc was on the very outside uh, and uh, Perez, I think, and even Charles said it like, I think maybe Sergio forgot I was here, but, you know, it's such a narrow part of the track. So many cars, as Campy said, you know, they're not thinking like this of Monaco. It's, you know, the three cars wide into the first corner, which, you know, Mm -hmm. happened in Singapore in twenty. 18 campy, the the Kimmy, Seb, Max, you know, squeeze, that sort of kind of mentality doesn't always work. Um, But that obviously caused a big issue because uh, then, you know, George Russell has gone, oh, well, there's a car facing across the track. I'll just slow down and Nikita Mazepin, with absolutely no time to react and, you know, this is definitely not his fault at all, I don't think, uh, smashes straight into the back of him and yeah. it just became an absolute car park again, Tommy T. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's hard to get excited about a race when this kind of happens and we saw it with F2 as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I, I don't think anyone's really to blame for that one. I think the track just narrows. And it was unfortunate. If anything, Perez probably should have remembered that Leclerc was still there along the inside. Leclerc had literally nowhere to go. He was against the wall. He was touching the wall, basically. Um, so he got squeezed, Perez spun, and then George did the right thing, lifted off. But mm-hmm. we don't have brake lights. So what was Mazepin mm-hmm. to do? He he can't know. And all of a sudden he rounds his corner and there's a stationary car. Yeah. You're closing that speed way too quickly. There's nothing he could have done. Just glad that everyone walked away and there wasn't any... Lasting damage. Um, again, Halo has another win because that yes. George Russell's car was parked on top of Mazepin. Yep. So, yeah, just glad that it wasn't. It wasn't worse.
1: Yeah. Yep. yep absolutely right. Oh, so, what about what about Lewis v Max start? Oh, Lewis Max, God, God motor. Max's God reaction off the start.
2: but he's just his second oh. phase was useless.
0: I've never s I never do not think I've seen Lewis have a better start this year than that huge. second start. It was he was almost in sixth year by ten meters from his starting box. It was that yeah. quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah good I, to watch. Well well Max tried to go the outside, right? So <laughs> Max went around the outside and cut the track, and then re-entered the track and cut Lewis off, which mm. meant Lewis lost position to Ocon. Yes, and he was also lost position to Ocon before he passed him up straight again. I mean, that for me is that for me is like that's cheeky from Max. He never had that corner, no. and like anyway. So the decision was made by Michael Mazi for the next restart. Oh, you can go back to third. Hamilton can take second and Ocon has the lead. I just, why (laughs) did, I think Mercedes stuffed it. They should have sent it to the stewards and Mm. they should have said, you apply a time penalty for this race because then we probably, we wouldn't have seen the incidents that Mm. followed later on in the race with, with Lewis and uh, Max, because Lewis could have just hung in right behind him and probably passed him at the end because of the tire strategy. But we could Talk about that later. I think, I think Mercedes were too quick to accept that. Um, to accept that, yeah, we'll get in front of Max at the next start because it ultimately didn't work out for them. Um, I just think that's that's the driving that I don't like from Max and that's what he's got to tidy up. It was almost a, not a carbon copy, but it was the same sort of driving in Brazil where he completely missed the apex, went wide, you know, and pushed Lewis off track. And, mm-hmm. you know, do I think there should be a penalty for it? I said at the time, no, but if you continue to do that, and you know, two or three times it happened in this race. I mean, that's where the frustration with Max's driving comes in. So, yeah. um,
0: but to be fair to Max, I mean, the, stu- the stewards have set that that standard. You know, yeah, if, exactly. If they're not going to penalise, and I know. Charles Leclerc even said, "Well, I'm going to change my driving style now if that means you know I can get away with that kind of stuff." So, fair play <laughs> to Max. You know, as as you said earlier on, Campy, he doesn't have the pace in the car that Lewis has no. in that Mercedes. So he's got to pull all the tricks out of the bag. And this is the first time we have seen full, you know, full Sebastian Vettel tricks, Ferrari 2018 versus Lewis Hamilton yeah. kind of driving, including backing him up you know, and, you know, brake checking or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, he was parked in the middle of the track. <laughs> there is yeah. no denying the fact there was no letting Lewis past. It was, oh, yeah. dear, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> um, not unhappy about the mind games, can I just say. I think it's good. <laughs> Max is finally showing some emotion this, this race. It's this the first time that we've seen it, I think, all year. Um, his dad showing more emotion in the garage than he has been all all year. Uh, but anyway, so that was an interesting restart absolutely. Uh, it's a shame for for that to have happened to Perez as well. Uh, we saw Sergio yep. standing by, as Martin said, can't get an Uber um waiting for a long time because <laughs> he thought uh, much like in previous times that uh, with the red flag, uh, in Spa, he could get the uh, car fixed again, but unfortunately he had no drive, so it's probably unlikely to happen, but just that shot of him standing waiting <laughs> beside the sad track. Boy. <laughs> yep. Sad boy. Very sad boy.
1: And then you get into the third start. Talk me through the third start, Jim. What did you think?
0: Well, I was going to talk about Latifi first, but, yes, okay. Well, look, nah, we'll talk
1: about <laughs> <laughs> don't, we, Look, we don't need to talk about Haas, Williams, or Aston Martin this weekend. Funnily Did enough, you though, Campy, the, there's actually well, there's a storyline. All... There's a storyline oh, really? to go through, and this
0: is part right. of the storyline. Latifi in 12th. Okay, nothing happened. Throw the
1: notes here. Throw the notes here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but all I was going to say was Latifi, and then I was going to say, but then we have the, the third start of the okay, race sorry, because we've got Aston Martin. And I'll let you host them. Ocon Ocon goes into first, absolutely, and look, well-deserved. At, at that point, he had a, a good good enough start in that secondary start to position himself. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> clearly, though, can start from not first on the grid. Cannot start from first on the grid. Uh, a, he was pointing the wrong direction. He was pointing to the Idiot. right, not to the Idiot. left. Uh, didn't try to cover off Lewis, uh, and Lewis was like, oh, okay. So whether or not Dumb. it was just Ocon's like, <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to bother racing you because, you know, this is why I'm going to get third. There's (laughs) no point. Um, And look, fair enough. Maybe that was a strategy call from Alpine from one of the five team principals that they've had. Maybe they were all just (laughs) trying to come to a consensus as to where he should point I think three out of two decided
2: that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly right.
0: And uh, there was just four people who weren't available for comment. Uh, But a terrible start from him. But Lewis just absolutely was like, okay, cool. Well, I'll come across like I normally do, to try and cover off Ocon, which then opened the door for one Maximus Verstappen who was like, hello, and he heated himself up the inside. Uh, yeah. And, again, it, it is just one of those things, yes, he's got to tidy up his driving style, but when he pulls off moves like that, you go, oh, 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 oh yes, please. How did you yeah. see I mean, that, he was, Campy?
1: He was under pressure from Ricardo, you know, from behind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lewis should have protected that inside way better than what he did. I could see what he was trying to do. He was trying to push Ock on a bit wide so that he didn't hit the apex of like that second corner. Mm-hmm. But he forgot about the inside and Max went up the uh, Max went up the uh, dove real deep and uh, got in front of both of them. So, oh, look. But I tell you what, lucky for Lewis too because he made contact, he got squeezed, you know, two doesn't go into three, and that could have been raced over for him really quickly, so...
0: That's true. Two doesn't go to three. Uh, oh. But, Boys. Uh, not the first time. I've been planning this. I've been planning <laughs> no.
1: these ones all week. <laughs> How do I get it? <laughs> this is too much this episode. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs>
0: uh, this, this is the first time that Lewis had contact with the wing. And you're right. Absolutely so lucky. Although, uh, maybe if it happened earlier, as we saw with the end of the race, uh, he doesn't need that right. Uh, end play nah. on his front wing. Nah. He was fine without it. Yeah, uh, But for lucky for both Ocon and Lewis, um, but Ocon cooked it, was too far out. You know, Lewis was pushing him too far wide. Yeah. And as you yeah. said, it went, yeah. you know, the reverse of what happened with Mexico, basically. Uh, and instead yeah. of Max on the outside, Max was on the inside and managed to get that place. But great. We haven't mentioned Daniel here yet. Great bloody starts all three times from one yeah. Daniel Ricardo. Awesome uh, he is He is really i think comfortable with this car now which is you know great timing um (laughs) but for for where we sit and where we're looking at these these uh, starts, it's great. I mean, he, the, his P11 start, the first start that he had, he was sitting go. right in the middle of the packet and I just was like, oh, no, this is it for him yep. because he'll get squeezed somewhere. I was lucky enough to avoid that contact. But, yes, the, the pressure he was putting on Max Campy was outstanding. Of course, he strapped on those medium tyres uh, and had some pace. It's good to see that McLaren having some pace again. But let's keep going then talking about Aston Martin because you mentioned just before um, the Kimi versus Vettel, a uh, little battle that was going on. Uh, before that, though, Seb and Yuki Tsunoda. Now, Tsunoda yeah. was having a pretty good race. Uh, as we said, Tommy T, earlier, he's pretty good cool yeah. in the lights in the Middle East, it seems. Um, yeah. And fair enough, you know, the pace was back in the car. But how did you see that uh, for, with Yuki? I mean, you ended up getting uh, a penalty for it with, for uh causing a collision versus Seb. Did you think Seb could have left a little bit more room or was, was I Yuki think he could completely have. wrong?
2: Mm. I think he could have left a little bit more room. I mean, Yuki was really pushing it, but that's what we want to see from young drivers having a go. And, like, Seb knows what was going on there. He was kind of just being stubborn and willing to kind of make contact, I think, if anything. Like, I think it was more like you could avoid contact uh, and then still get the penalty as well. And Yeah, I don't know. I think... I want to see more of that from Yuki. I wouldn't be disappointed as his team principal. I'd be like, more of that, more aggression, keep doing that.
0: Yeah. 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 It's a shame, though, for Seb Campy. Because Seb's he has been
1: around long enough to know, to give these young guys space when you were driving like that.
0: Yeah, um. but Seb going from seventeenth up into you know it was like seventh or eighth at that point. Like it was a, mm. a fantastic moment. I was like, thank goodness, you know, Seb was able to get up there. It was good for Aston Martin to finally recover and then spun out. <laughs> no, it was no good. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then he just started dropping parts of the Aston Martin around uh, Jeddah, which I can only assume is where the second car is now going to be because there's just so much Aston Martin there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, that
1: would have been from his contact with Rock, and it, I think.
0: Both contacts. That's the, That was the yeah. problem because his rear wing collected the barrier with uh, the spin with Tsunoda. Uh, anyway, he ended up not finishing the race, of course, uh, and Stroll in 11th just outside the points. A terrible weekend for Aston Martin. The qualifying was no good. Their race pace was okay with Seb, but uh, outside the points. Mayo, though, uh, Kimi Raikkonen, as we've said, it's a bit of hard racing there. Does he really care anymore? No. Is he just sending it for the sake of it? Yeah. Oh, am I here for it? 100%. I am <laughs> here for it. That's just how it is. Uh, but he's got one, one more race to go, but his teammate in Antonio Giovinazzi best finished all year in ninth uh, into the points, yeah. which is good. But uh Kimi is still race. outperforming. <laughs> Kimmy just still outperforming him on points, if you look at the driver standing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think if you, if you look purely on that fact, which – I'm sure that was part of Fred's uh, thinking in terms of replacing him. Fair enough to, you know, you, you're being beaten by, yes, a world champion, but he's he's on the out, isn't he? So yep. but anyway, it was interesting to see that. But there was a bit of a battle, Tommy T, with uh, Gio and Carlos Sainz very early mm-hmm. uh, with that, that Ferrari. And, uh, I mean, Jim Benazzi was was defending very well considering he was
2: in a much yeah. slower car. Well, and Sainz, Sainz had the pace, didn't he? He, he came he from did. well back. Uh yeah, no, Giovinazzi was good. I think whatever that car's doing at the moment is finally working for him, but unfortunately, way too late. But he had a couple of great moves, um, Giovinazzi passing early, and I was like, "Why would you wait until now to do all these great moves?" I think he's yep. been driving alright all season, as we've kind of mentioned. But yeah, a little bit too late, mate. <laughs>
0: there's nothing to lose for him now. Maybe it can't yeah. be that kind of mentality of, "Oh, well, you know, yeah. if I have to, if I put it in the wall, then it doesn't honestly doesn't matter."
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think it does. You're right.
0: Ferrari, though, they've just been doing this this position all for the last couple of races. Uh, it was last week it was uh, Leclerc 7th, signs 8th. This time it's Leclerc 7th, signs 8th. Uh, sorry, the inverse of that, I should say. And Ferrari just gathering that momentum, uh, aren't they, for the end of the season uh, would have helped if McLaren had got a win. This weekend to try and claw it back, but it, it definitely to me looks like that they've tied up that third position. Uh, but for 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 Charlotte Claire, I should say, Tommy T starting in fourth that was good. It was kind of that sort of uh, the jeopardy driver uh, mm-hmm. that we, in that word that you love so much when it comes to Formula yeah. One, which we don't do, do Ooh, as yeah. well. But of course, when it came to the uh, Perez incident, he ended up having damage in his front wing, and yeah. the pace couldn't just be recovered from there. But overall. Ferrari would be fairly happy with, you know, this these consistent positions.
2: Yeah, I think so. Well, I, I even, I might have seen it wrong, but it looked like at the end Sainz is in front and they switched back or Leclerc pushed really hard and overtook his team. I don't know how it happened. We didn't get to see it on track, but there was a switch very late on the last two laps, which is interesting because I suppose Leclerc, like, if you look at the race as a whole, probably deserved to be ahead of his teammate from qualifying earlier and had just unlucky kind of incidents. But signs was actually quicker towards the end um, and was doing really well. He he recovered so many positions. But yeah, you're really you're right. Like Ferrari is somewhat back, and I'm excited to see what they're like next year if they're back up the front front.
0: Yeah, Campy, yep. we saw some real racing between both of them uh, down the main straight. There was a bit of uh, elbows out and uh, the incident yeah. with Yuki Tsunoda and Seb Vettel is the same time that that was happening and it kind of took yeah. a lot of the spotlight away from it. But uh, Tommy T's is right and they ended up switching them because Signs was clearly faster at that point. Uh, different tie compound on though, and uh, Ferrari yes, have, uh, have just honoured their what they've done all year. of, you know, all right, we'll let him pass, and if he can't, you know, attack, then we'll switch back. It's exactly what happened with Gasly in previous times, and Gasly yet again was the car in front of the two Ferraris. But I mean, this is good teamwork, Campy. To, to be honest, I think in terms of the driver pairing, they're probably the, the most equal in terms of pace. I think at the moment, I know Charles is fantastic. I think Carlos has made huge leaps and bounds. But for them to be able to go, okay, no worries, we'll do the team orders thing, is a strong place for Ferrari to be for next year?
1: Yeah, I think they're in a good place in team-wise. I'm, I'm still not sold on panotto but he seems he's going to be round, so I can't do anything about that. But, <laughs> um, look, I think for Ferrari, they're definitely in a post uh, – they're, they're in a rebuild era at the moment, mm-hmm. and it uh, seems to be the off-track stuff of oh, their marketing. They're not doing the normal f- – Ferrari flamboyancy. They're knuckling down. That stuff will come when Ferrari gets better. They're knuckling down and they're doing everything right at the moment from an organisational perspective. From an outsider looking in, um, my issue is is those two will explode at some stage, right? At the moment, there's enough food on the table for both of them to go around, if you want to put it like that. There's enough, they're both fighting for points, it's pretty even, they've secured third, they're doing the team thing, it is easy to play the team game when they're in that position. But, come to a world championship, and if it's those two fighting it out or there's another, you know, there's three or four cars in it and they're all going for that one thing. It's like, right, we've done the hard work. We've come up as a team. We've done everything right. Um, you know, as I said, there's meat everywhere for people to get. Bang. Now you're in this fight for the one thing that everybody wants, and I think that relationship will blow up considerably considerably if those two drivers are in the chance to win a, and fighting each other for a world championship.
0: Yeah, they haven't ordered any greens or salad. It's just meat on the table. Oh, you know <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Lewis, hell. make I'm that
2: sh- a breakout. That's a good one. <laughs> 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 <was gonna> say, <laughs> taking note of that time.
0: Uh, but, I mean, they're still being outperformed, though, in Pierre Gasly in six. Of course, it's not enough when Sonoda's yeah. not scoring points to help Alpha Tauri jump along, but... For this year, it has to be said that Alfa Tauri, to me, seemed to be the more successful Italian team uh, than Ferrari. And, look, I'm still very impressed that Pierre Gasly is managing to perform so well while still in your bin, Campy.
1: Well, the interesting stat that I heard tonight on the commentary was 13 times he's qualified in the top six out of 22 races this year. Huge. That is a mind-boggling stat. I would say he's probably the best, probably the best outside of, you know, the Mercedes and the Red Bulls for qualifying this year. So, uh, kudos to them. The Honda units obviously are pretty strong, but, you know, I've told you what I think of him. Is he in the bin? Yes, he's still in there for me, but... <laughs> Along with Freya, she's in the bin. I'll put her in the bin, I think, <laughs> for a comment she made on what? our Discord. So.
2: <laughs>
0: what? Seems to be unnecessary. <laughs> Freya, sorry, I mean, look, you're in the bin. There's nothing I can do about it, unfortunately. <laughs> this is uh, Campy's communist just put kidding. everyone in the bin
1: party. Jeez. Oh, yeah, well, this is a dictatorship, boys. You
0: should know that. <laughs> Uh, just channeling the state in which you live, my friend. Uh, but, yeah, for AlphaTauri, though, look, the pace, you said this yesterday, Campion, I couldn't agree with you more. We have gone from junior team, the, the you know, the time of Brendan Hartley flailing around at the very back in uh, what was Toro Rosso to well and truly sister team. Uh, I mean, they yep. are, while they're not challenging for the very front, Pierre Gasly is so comfortable in this car. I don't know. Everyone's like, okay, mm-hmm. we well, need to go somewhere else to win a World Drivers Championship. Yeah, absolutely. I, com- you know, completely agree. But for him staying in that seat for the next couple of years and just getting that pace and that experience, who knows what the driver market looks like in twenty twenty three, twenty four? You know, th- there could be an opportunity somewhere that could be very interesting for him. Uh, Alpine, it could be Ferrari, it could be anywhere. Uh, and you know, he's the kind of driver like that, Valtteri Bottas, who if something happens and someone leaves unexpectedly. Yeah. That yeah. you know, all right. Well, we'll pull him up into this team. Probably it was too early the first time. Pull him up into this team, and he can he can perform. So,
1: if you were cynical though, you would still look at the pace deficit over a race distance to Red Bull and AlphaTauri, and you'd go. Well, maybe it's not quite there because the difference between those top two teams and the rest of the field is massive. Oh, yeah. And it seems to me that Alpha Terry have got it right in comparison to the midfield, but the top teams are still like that jump to get that one 1.2 seconds a lap over a race distance is massive and incredible. Mm. That ain't going to happen overnight. So if you're cynical, you could still say, mm. "Well, maybe they're not a sister team, but they are in the right direction. And they are trending upwards." Yeah, yeah, that's
0: and it's good. I was, all I'm saying is, it's great for them yeah. Uh, yeah. to yeah. to be their own team in that respect. Let's talk about McLaren, Tommy T. Uh, as we mentioned, Dr. in fifth, he had a good little battle going on with Valtteri Bottas, which of course we didn't see. Um, and Landon Norris finishing in the points in tenth, which uh, he was unlucky when he came into that uh, for that pit stop with the yellows the first time. Oh around. no, that's that's been his
2: position for the last five races, and we've been told that he's collecting points. So good on him for collecting yeah, one and two points for the last couple of weeks. Good
1: on him. Good guy. Just and real, Daniel has real had no consistent points. from Lando. Yeah. Shut
2: up. All these UK commentators going to rack off. It's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: yeah. And Danny Ricks now scored more points exactly. than Lando in the last, in you know, one of races. Exactly.
2: So, so shut it. Oh. Just oh. sick of this. No, I think Daniel was good just Tommy, probably good. unlucky with the timing of that first red flag, wasn't he? If he could have eked out a bit more of those hards. <laughs> Uh, and yep. then could have had those mediums stay fresh for longer. I think that was just the, his one downfall, wasn't it? That at the end of that race, he just didn't have the legs on those those tires um, because he was con- he was right on Ocon for a, a good portion of that race, contending for that third position, and that would have been epic. And Campy would have just I don't probably danced. I reckon on this podcast, he would have got up, probably done another shoey even. Dwarf. I reckon he probably would no, have would he, you, Campy.
0: No, nah, he wouldn't have
2: done because he owns that microphone. Wasn't he wasn't going to get beer <laughs> on that one. <laughs> He's only doing
1: it to your microphone. Yeah, correct. We'll my no, I would have done it to this microphone. Come on, I don't care. It's just stuff. But it's what do you? What do
2: you reckon, Camby? It was just tires at the end, wasn't it for him? Mm. Oh, I mean, I mean,
1: they both had two red flags, and he got back on the hearts. So it would have been tougher with the mediums. Although I think he would have got the start. He probably wanted up uh, if he was still on the mediums in the third, but uh. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised at Alpine's pace over race distance. We keep saying this over the last sort of four to five weeks that, hey, they will be good on some tracks. I, I don't think the McLaren was there. I'd, they've had the foot off the accelerator for the last – since since Russia, really. I, I don't think they've been anywhere uh, compared to what we've seen earlier in the season and some of their good performances, which is a shame. But uh, Danny Ricks, clearly, uh, he, was in, he was always going to have a good race tonight. Um, I think fourth he probably could have hoped for it, but probably wasn't on the cards as the race played out. So,
0: yeah, I mean, from McLaren's point of view, they've got to be happy enough with fourth. Uh, here is where I will mention V8 Supercars uh, because at least Zach Brown can yes. be happy enough with the Walkinshaw Andretti United entry with uh, yep. Chazzy and. Um, well, Chazzy taking it, and whoever the other. What's the other driver's name? I'm just bloody forgotten. Well done, me. Uh, Holdsworth taking 15 years or 16 years to get a bad first win, and good for them. But at least Zach has got something to be happy about. <laughs> um, I actually really enjoyed watching Bathurst yesterday. I don't watch had Supercars, uh, but I watched the whole race and the commentary was on point. I have to they say, they are so like, good. They, they, they were great. incredibly good uh, yeah. and taking the piss out of each other. It's, it's, I mean, that, maybe that's just an Australian way of doing yep. things, but. Uh, More
2: Australian commentators is what we're saying, basically.
0: But all you, Well, let me put Jeez, it this way. you got to
1: feel sorry for Van Gisbergen, though. Yeah. Well, you would uh, cuz you're from
0: NZ Yeah, I'd know, no, sorry. Don't care if for, Gizzy, sorry. The feelings? Man. No, no, oh, don't have them. Uh um, Jazz is a star though. Yeah, he's, and what a legend. He's a dude. And
1: still how's his how's his mode? Yeah, you blame oh, it. But they're dirty. still
0: carrying that uh, that injury <laughs> from a couple of years ago as well. The fact that he's, you know, winning races and then yeah. third in that championship. But the, what I just wanted to say about Mark Scaife, who is obviously a former driver and as a commentator, He's kind of the Brundle in that equivalent world. And there's a couple of the Mark Larkham, a few others as well, who mm-hmm. are very good in that space. Uh, Groundskeeper, Direster, if you want to just maybe take some notes. <laughs> and this is how you do it. Uh, in fact, it would be good to get them on the Skypad. Let's see. Let win. Mark Larkham on the Skypad. Yeah, yeah, boys, unbelievable. If you just have a look at this here, right? we'll just go real zoom it in. Oh, look at that. Oh, I can't believe it, boys. And I tell you what, it's going to be a bloody good finish to the race. I
1: love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's, just, that's what we want. can't help uh, yourself. It. Don't try to be it. self-important and be smart.
2: Just enjoy it.
0: <laughs> yeah, anyway, it was good. It was good to watch. But uh, anyway, for, let's talk about Alpine. Fernando Alonso uh, almost lost it into wall. He spun it around, uh, managed to save it. Ended up in 13th, not really the uh, the, fin- like the sort of follow-on race, I should say, from Qatar that he would have wanted third. They almost got third with Ocon. So from a team perspective, Alpine would have gone pretty, well, be pretty happy, I should say, with third and third. But they should be happy enough with fourth, of course. Valtteri Bottas doing a land stroll at um, Azerbaijan to him and pipping him at the last moment across the line. But... It's good it's fairly good weekend for Ocon. I mean, he was never in that fight to get into first, even if he started and, and had a fairly good start. He would have been taken at some point. Um and considering where they qualified, which was was not all that great. It was ninth. Um pushing up to fifth, uh sorry, fourth is is a good a good outing for them. But uh, yeah, Fernando, I can only sort of dream Tommy T of what Fernando would have done, you know, starting on pole Ooh. for
2: that for that restart. Yeah. That would have been epic, wouldn't it? I think he had a late tyre change as well. They just did a safe change. So he probably would have been probably closer to 10th or 11th. Um, But, yeah, like it just wasn't his weekend, was it? He was just unlucky with positioning and traffic and red flags, just all at the worst time. Yeah. Um, I think he was one of those ones that jumped in for a tyre change. And if you jumped in the tyre change, like Campy mentioned, for the safety car and then you hit a red flag, you were stuffed because mm. you'd churn all your cards and everyone else got a free stop when you had a you'd already made your change, so there was no there's no net win there.
0: Mm. Uh, it's disappointing for him. But uh look, we still love that he's there. Uh still looking forward to him being uh, Oscar Piastri's teammate in 2023. Uh Red Bull. Well, now we can now we can probably talk about this. Let's say Red Bull Mercedes, let's merge these two teams together and talk about it because the first thing I want to talk about uh, that we haven't really discussed yet is the letting Lewis by uh, incident and and everything that sort of came with that. So of course, Campy, uh, talk us through the timeline of what what happened here.
1: Uh, I think it was about lap forty. Uh, There's a virtual safety car uh, a bit earlier actually. There's a virtual safety car which allowed Lewis to get right up close to uh, close to Verstappen, and he ended up getting in all in par with him on the straight. Now they had another little excursion at turn one and turn two, and and the stewards didn't deem it necessary for, Lewis, uh, for Max to give the position back. But because of what happened early in the race, Red Bull said to Max, hey, give it back and we'll try and pass him. Um, as... As Red Bull tried to make that manoeuvre, they're telling Max to slow down and Max was trying to slow down so that Lewis got in front just before the DRS thing. Um, the track was quite a skinny part and uh, Lewis is coming up to him going, what's going on here? What's happening? I'm not sure whether I should overtake him now. Wait till over the line. But is he slowed down and right at the last minute as the track opened up, Lewis went right and they collected each other, uh, went up the rear of him. So... From that point, Max took off again and Lewis took off again after up the road after him and there was, I mean, the incident was then being investigated by the stewards about what's happening. So I'm still not sure whether Max... In the end, Max got a five second time penalty, but I don't know for what incident it was at the moment. I'm not sure if it was for the turn one excursion and not giving the place back or the unsportsmanlike driving. Not that it's unsportsmanlike, but the dangerous driving that occurred when you slow down on a track like that. Um, anyway, so they, after all of that, after the crash, uh, they let Lewis, sorry, Max let Lewis bast, and by that stage, Max had nothing left in his ties to to try and fight it, uh, to try and fight him back and get the lead and uh took that five second time penalty and Lewis opened up what a seven or eight second gap over the last, you know, ten laps. So not sure not sure that Max had to give the position back after the incident, but it's a tough one. It's just this is where it got really confusing yeah. well for me.
0: So it was the excursion. That he didn't give the place back, five-second penalty uh, after the oh. incident with the crash. And then oh. he's got a five-second penalty and then he lets Lewis past anyway, which was the comment, the uh, team radio that said, not sure you had to do that, Max, but no worries, whatever. Like, it's done now. Yep. Um, the, it, he was
1: probably thinking about the fastest lap at that stage. The issue yeah.
0: then that came out was uh, Mercedes obviously jumping up and down to Michael Massey um, and Michael Massey saying, guys, I told you that no, I've told Red Bull that they need to give the position to you. And he said, yeah, well, you told me as that crash happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's tough. absolute chaos. Uh, I think Tommy T It plays into a little bit of uh, our conversation yesterday about flags, you know, and the communication yeah. and, and what yep. happens. And, of course, brand new track. Look, I know we've put Michael Massey in the bin quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, and for sometimes I absolutely think he's been in the bin, but – for him, for this or for that whole team, stewards, the whole race directing team, all of these safety crew, this is the first time they've had a race. It's an absolute shambles. Oh, Let's just yeah. bloody hope for next year they've got it sorted out. And like yeah. the teams now, they've got some data to work through and have a good debrief yep. because there was a whole lot that could have been done better. Do I blame Michael Massey for a lot of it? Not really, though, because it's just so much no. jeopardy and so many interesting situations and storylines that happened. For sure. Um, For really, though, for me, that where Tommy T, Max, sort of parked the car for that pass, obviously he was trying to slow down for that DRS line, which Candy pointed out, and that in the detection zone, I should say, and that's fair enough. But do you think he could have pulled over to one side of the track a little bit more and made it a little bit more obvious? Or is this mind game central?
2: He probably could have more. He probably didn't want to go on the dirty side, though. He was probably like, I don't have to. Mm -hmm. And he probably felt like it was clear enough that he was letting... The position passed that uh, Lewis knew what to do there. Like, I mean, even if he wasn't, he was slowing down enough that Max should have uh, that Lewis should have made a move regardless. Uh, I, I, like I don't think you can put that on Max because he I don't think he changed direction enough to warrant the contact. I think that was still on Lewis. Like, yes, he was probably going slower than anticipated, but it's still on the driver behind. It's like it's like anything. If you have full visual. Of, of what's ahead of you, you, you can't mm. see clearly what's behind you. So I don't think you can really put much on Max, especially when he was under the orders to do that. He can choose which side. He did leave a, definitely enough space for Lewis to go past. Um, yep. But I think it is, like you said, I think it's down to the timing of this communication and maybe the FIA in these situations just needs a direct line to the drivers. Max, Lewis give the position back or whatever it is, make it super clear. So they're both getting the information at the same time from an independent yeah. body rather than like relaying it in Chinese whispers and delays and all these yeah. kind of things happening, um, which causes this, maybe that's the case. I don't know. Yeah. I like it. And it's a one way
0: conversation. You, the drivers yeah. can't talk back. It's just, this is what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's And cannot. I- can I say too? I think that pass that Lewis tried to make on Max, I think that was more of a racing incident than anything we've seen in the last three or four incidents between these two drivers. I don't think Ma- I don't think Lewis was clearly in front. He may have had the line, but Lu- like Max is entitled to break late. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, if any, if anything, Lewis missed missed the apex and pushed him a bit wider. Yeah, but Lewis then still made the corner. And made that effort, whereas Max just continued on through the chicane yep. and took the fastest line he could out of there. And I think that's probably why they had to make the decision they did. Yeah. But I, I, I think that's a racing incident. I think in the end, with the result that we got, I think Lewis was probably entitled to the win more than Max was. Max got super lucky in the positions that he found himself in. But I think, I think, I think Lewis probably would have passed him on track. With the degrading ties that that Max had, yeah, and I think the result was probably fair for the overall, you know, overall Grand Prix yep. and how it played out. I mean, Insane, that I just I I'd, I'd just rather Lewis get the job done on track and there's just no officiating and crap that goes with it. So, yeah. uh, look, mate, crack, crack, and cracking Grand Prix from a uh, Things Happening. It wasn't the greatest Grand Prix to watch, Well, it was very frustrating. But, geez. hey, w- we need to enjoy it. Stop getting cynical about it. be a good it.
2: Netflix <laughs> episode,
0: won't it? Oh, oh, this whole it. season oh. in February is oh. going to be, whilst I'm not sure I want to do a, an episode-by-episode episode review like <laughs> we did this year, Tommy <laughs> T, certainly <laughs> will be good to, to watch. Let's a watch-along. We don't have to think. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, that is for sure. Well, look, that is Mercedes and Red Bull. Hamilton first, Max Verstappen second, Bottas third, and Perez DNF'd. Points is, uh, standings are like this, oh. 369.5 points for Max Verstappen and also 369.5 points for Lewis Hamilton. In the constructors, well, it's Mercedes in the lead, 587 and a lead, 587.5 to Red Bull's 559.5. Well, jeez, it's – I mean, these second drivers have a lot to to do, don't they? And you can tell when something happens like Sergio Perez just not even getting in the points at all that that Constructors' Championship is almost tied up with Mercedes now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't care about the Constructors. I I wholly care about the drivers. Of course. But we have have set this up to the point where are we going to see Schumacher v – Old mate, what's his name, where he takes uh, the commentator? David uh, Hill. Damon, <laughs> yep. Or an, a cross centre where they take each other out. I mean, are we set for that next weekend? Mm-hmm. Because Max wins on countback, 9v8. I mean, if you're looking at it from Max's perspective, Mercedes won the last three and clearly the better car at the moment. Um, Abu Dhabi is very much a Mercedes track, although Red Bull got the job done there last year. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, do we see Max get cheeky? Do we see Max get cheeky
0: or do we see Sergio Perez offered an additional year on his contract? There's a bit
1: of a (laughs)
2: yeet.
1: Or (laughs) or, maybe, (laughs)
0: oh, um, Sergio Perez is sick, unfortunately. Who's the reserve driver? Danny
1: Kivyat. <laughs> oh. Ends up no, crashing into no Max. <laughs> no, he's like, there's No, like, way. There's no way he's on <laughs> Max's
2: side. I was gonna side. say Yeah. Max you didn't is think that, that through did you? Or, Oh <laughs> no, that's why I decided
0: to say. I was like, yeah, oh hang on. <laughs>
1: like, take this. I hope I hope we don't see it. I hope we get the craziest race we've ever seen oh, next weekend. Look, as you say, and Campy, it's so Max good. Max passes Lewis. Lewis passes Max. They both finish one two for the ten, you know hundredth time this season. And uh, yeah, who's one and who's what, two? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. Place crazy. your bets. Who do you think? Right.
2: Let's do it well, now. Let's put our predictions in. Well, let.
1: I'm the same. The heart says Max, but. I the head can't go past Lewis and on the charge he's at at the moment.
2: I think Lewis. He's,
1: I mean, I think next week we're going to look back and Lewis is going to be world champion and we're going to go back to the race before Brazil, whatever that was, and go, geez, Max has won. I mean, he's 20 points ahead. If Lewis wants to win this, he needs to win the last four Grand Prix and Max will finish second because that's how good they are and he ended up doing it. Like, that to me is just going to be, this be his- mind-boggling for Verstappen to oh, overcome.
2: This would be his best championship, I think. Oh, Like, yep. to have it go down oh. to the wire and to have this level oh, of
1: competitor. Oh, he's top two. 08 was yeah. good.
0: Yeah, but uh, 08 was, again, you know, down to the wire, right? Yeah. Was, well, you know.
1: he'd crossed the line and he wasn't world champion. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, when Massa crossed the line, he, yeah. Yep. 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 So, yeah,
0: so I think
2: you're right. Bloody Sato,
1: <laughs> Takuma Sato, <laughs> but, pitted on the last lap. What an idiot. Exactly,
2: but I think then exactly. Lewis can drive off into the summer I think you're and right, then actually. come back next year with a lot less pressure and he's – He's now the world's greatest ever. He's, he's ticked all those boxes and he can just enter into this new era of still being competitive. But do you know what I mean? He doesn't have to get that next title because he's already got it. He's already got the most ever. And I how's think,
0: this for a, a comment from Bernie Eccleston? Oh, I thought Lewis would have retired at the beginning of this year in respect to Michael so he wouldn't have won an eighth world championship. Like, uh, shut up, Bernie. Uh, hell up, Bernie Eccleston.
2: Bernie. <laughs> Talk about Bernie.
0: relevance deprivation, mate. No one gives uh, a shit. Go away and go back to owning your terrible track. I oh, know you don't own it anymore because one of your ex-wives <laughs> does. Anyway, <laughs> that's... Uh,
1: yeah, some jello, don't you, or Turkey?
0: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. So I thought it was – anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, let's talk about fantasy very quickly. Some great Ugh. names in here. Um, Ted, the new Shakespeare, Alex B. <laughs> Construction zone, use caution, reduce speed. Well, that's just an absolute uh, – that's the yeah. summary. Steen N for, yep. for this. Uh, Ted Kravitz's shorts, Byron H. <laughs> Ambition over adhesion. That's geez, I mean, That was said a lot uh, in Brundle Bingo this weekend, David L. <laughs> Uh, Tommy T <laughs> borrows the tinfoil beanie, Nicholas H. <laughs> yum Yum Oil Money Seasoning, Lauren, Lauren R. Arabian Knight's a Tale of One Night and Two Drivers. Yeah, well, that continues, doesn't it, as we go. As we've mentioned, Abu Dhabi, Yas Queen Marina, is yep. the last race of the year. And uh, there's been a turn uh, nine change. So the complex that was... A at uh, the end of the back straight, a left into a right, into a left, into a left again, as it's been replaced with one big corner. Um, so that's potentially going to be interesting. Another passing opportunity uh, mm. is, the, is the thought process for that that spot. Really, though, as we've said, who do we think is going to take it? Well, look, I, I think Lewis is on the charge, but we even heard over the radio he was getting super flustered. So was Max. This is really down to the wire now. Anything oh, could happen. Gee. Uh, There's plenty, plenty more to come. Well, a massive thank you to you for listening, of course, to this podcast episode. Uh, Don't forget that we uh, are over on the Discord. Uh, server, so you can jump across and watch a race with us. Uh, I'm going to do my, uh, myself a self plug here, lads. I hope you don't mind. Um, good Ugh, news, I'll go again, for it. Good news. I, uh, I'm actually traveling to the United Kingdom for Extreme E's final race, the Jurassic X Pre, and you'll get to see my ugly mug on uh, on the live stream for YouTube doing a pre hey. and post race show as well as some uh, podcast interviews. One of which hopefully will be with Zach Brown. Uh, I'm I'm keeping everything crossed. But uh, I may or may not be around for the uh, – well, I definitely will be now. I'm just going to find a way to make it happen for the race review from next week. I just might be watching it in the desired time zone. So I might go get myself a <laughs> Sunday lunch so that uh, everything that Crofty talks about I can associate with for once. <laughs> well, that's
1: it for Are this week. Are you going with Lambo as yeah, well? Yeah, Michael
0: Laminato is joining me from doing uh, all of the, the – I mean, he's a professional. I mean, he's professional. I'm just tagging along to be, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> we're talking about what possibly would happen if we're both over there for that Monday it's like yeah I've got four podcasts to record and all this writing for Racer magazine I was like yep yeah, okay cool. <laughs> well, well Jim I, I, can
1: sure, <laughs> I can assure you I hate electric racing but I will watch you mate just to see you uh, crazy, doing mate. what you do. And the good but news
0: is you don't need to be subscribed to anything uh, except for the, well you don't even need to subscribe you just watch it on YouTube there's no pay TV wall barrier for the stuff that I will be doing uh, which would be good. exciting. Anyway that's, that's It's all to come uh, in next weekend. The championship will be decided one way or another. Will we see a big Max Verkration and victory? I wouldn't be totally upset by it, but it would be a hell of a story, wouldn't it, lads? Well, looking forward to it. We will chat in a week's time ahead of the, uh, well, the Yas Queen Marina Abu Dhabi Grand Prix.
2: It's my favourite thing we've ever done, I think. <laughs> yes, Queen Marina. <laughs> Campy still has no idea. He doesn't get it, but it's so good. It's the best. Like, full spec. Give me yes.
0: all of it. Well, I want full spec, but not 16-inch.
2: Only 14-inch nah, you. Yeah, yep. little, little boy. Hold on. lot is
1: important.
0: Like little <laughs> boy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I went up too early. That was very funny. That That was good.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, I
1: genuinely enjoyed that. That was that just shows how tired I am. (sighs)